Welcome to the Bethel Church Austin Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this sermon by a special guest speaker. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com. excited about Jesus? Oh, man. Thank you, Lord. Well, let's just do this. <laughs> He's already here, but let's just invite him again. You know, his presence is everything. His presence is everything. And, you know, if God doesn't show up to church, why are we here? We want him. We want his presence. Oh, come on. Oh, man. You know, just just put out your hands like you're receiving and just invite him again. Invite him to come. God, we want you here tonight. We want your presence. We're not here to play church, God. We want you. We want the king of glory to come in this room, Lord. That's what we're hungry for, is to encounter you. We thank you that you tore the veil, that we might know you, God, that we might experience you, that we might see you, God. And we're hungry for more, Lord. Come on, just tell them you're hungry for more. We're hungry for more, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Whoa, whoa, come on. Come on. Oh, man, there's so much more. I can feel it in the air. There's so much more. There's so much more. Do you know all of heaven is available to you? (laughs) All of heaven is available to you. At any moment, there's so much. God God wants to touch you more than you want to be touched. He wants to crash in on you more than you want him to. He wants to release breakthrough in your life more than you want him to. And he's fully available. He's fully available. Thank you, Lord. Oh, man. Is anyone just hungry for more of him? Come on. Just keep pulling on him. And, um, man, I can feel. I have a message. It's really good. And I'm going to probably jump into it, but I can feel this pull like this direction. It's a totally different direction. So I'm just going to take a little step there. We'll see what happens. We'll get to it. Um, Some of you have heard a little of my story. Um, It's such a privilege to be here in Austin, um, you know, just running with this team and serving the vision uh, that Joaquin and Renee have for what God wants to do in Austin. And I just want to... You know, say Joaquin and Renee, you know, there's not many people that Janessa and I would move across the country to go follow. Um, There's a lot of amazing leaders in the body of Christ, but there's very few that would choose the presence of God over anything else. And um, I think a lot of people value the presence of God, but I can say of Joaquin and Renee that, that his presence is number one. And it's such a privilege to be a part of this community, just going after Jesus together, where his presence is number one. You know, it's easy, it's easy um, as a leader, I feel like, to even just 
do little things like, you know, self-ambition and just little tiny things, um, make people more comfortable, and just put that above his presence. But I, I uh, you know, walk here and there, the real deal, you know, and I, I, I want to just honor them and just say, I know them, I've known them for 10 years plus, and they will always choose his presence over anything else. What a, what a privilege it is, you guys, to be in a house with leaders that will choose his presence over anything else. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And um, I had a word, actually, for you guys uh, as I was praying today, Joaquin and Renee, that I just feel like there's been so much that you guys have um, sacrificed and laid down. And I just want to say that your reward is not is is coming and and it's not just going to be a heavenly reward but a reward here on this earth that God is going to bless you he's going to bless your generations and um, everything that you've laid down just get ready I mean it's going to be a hundredfold return a hundredfold thousandfold return you're going to be blown away by what God does um, by choosing his presence first and so um so we just love we just love them. Don't you love them? They're amazing. <laughs> uh, they're supposed to be in Mexico right now, but a hurricane kind of ruined that vacation. So if at any point you decide to just you just want to give them money or something, <laughs> you know, just go for it. That'd be awesome. Just bless them. Um, but I was going to, I, I want to just share a little of my story just real quick, and then we're going to jump in um, a little more um, to what I had planned. But, uh, you know, 12 years ago, uh, I had an encounter with the Lord that changed everything. And some of you have heard this before, but I went and did a YWAM DTS. Has anyone done a, a YWAM DTS? Yeah, a few of you. And uh, I went to this place, and I was hungry for the Lord. Um, but I'd never actually, I, I'd grown up in church, but I'd never encountered his presence. And I went uh, to this DTS, and we did a week on surrender. They taught on surrender. And at the end of this week, uh, they did an activation where you just asked the Lord, what do I need to surrender? And you, like, wrote it down and laid it down at this cross. And I remember um, I had three things the Lord spoke to me, and I wrote them down, and I laid them at this cross. And as soon as I did that, I felt the tangible presence of God, like liquid love, come from the top of my head and fill my entire body. And I experienced the love of God for the first time in my life, and it changed everything. It changed everything. I remember being so mad, like, why did no one tell me that this was real? You know, like I grew up in church my whole life and no one told me that his presence, his love is not just a good idea, but it's tangible. That he's not distant, but he's near to us. He's so near. And I got so lit on fire for Jesus. And, you know, the first sermon I ever preached, I open-air preached in Perth, Australia. And it was, God is not boring. I open-air preached. That was my message. That was the title of my message. And I let everyone know walking by, God is not boring. Like, he's tangible. He's real. He's beautiful. And he is near. And he is, and there is so much available. There's so much available. There's so much available. At any moment, 
you know, I believe wholeheartedly that we are called to live in his presence, not to just uh, experience his love, his presence in worship, but to live a life in his presence that's fully available for us. He is fully available for us all the time. Isn't that wonderful? Come on, Jesus. All right, well, we're going we're gonna to change gears here a little bit. I just want to first say you have permission at any moment to be healed. <laughs> and if you get healed, uh, I just want you to interrupt me. Okay? Only if you're healed. Don't interrupt me for anything else. Just only if you're healed. If God heals you, uh, you have permission to interrupt me. In fact, I want you to interrupt me. We want to hear what God is doing. Um, all right. You guys ready? Did you bring your seatbelts tonight? I've got a question for you. Do you want me tonight to build you up or do you want me to puff you up? All right. You gave me permission, so get ready. If I were uh, to name this message tonight, I would call it Kicking Fear in the Face. And if I were to subtitle it, it would be Creating a Culture of Courage. And I believe that believers, Christians, born-again believers are called to be the most courageous people on this planet. And my hope tonight is that I could give you some tools, and also I want to, in some ways, peel back the spiritual realm and give you some insight to see what's happening in the spirit, because everything that happens in the spirit affects the natural. Do you guys know that the spiritual realm is more real than this realm that we live in, this physical world? It's actually eternal, but everything here will fade away. And so things in the spirit actually affect things in the natural. But when I say spiritual things, a lot of you go, oh, whoa, that's like mystical and crazy and out there. Or maybe it's confusing or you're not sure what that is. And I just want to say to you that it's actually not that mystical because you're actually a spiritual being and you're operating in the spirit all the time, whether you know it or not. And so I just want to give some basic uh, keys, and I hope that uh, you'll follow me along on this, on this ride that we go on here. Um, I want to start with this. I want to start with the gospel. And a lot of you know the gospel. We love the gospel. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it a little different direction. Um, years ago, I uh, had a season of my life where I saw the numbers one, two, two everywhere. It was like, I'd look at my clock, one, two, two, like 122. I'd look at a license plate, it's like one, two, two. Everywhere I look, like one, two, two, or one, one, two, two, everywhere. And how many of you have had something like that happen? And I knew it was the language of the spirit. God was speaking. And for months, I was like, God, what are you saying? Like, you know, what does this mean? And I would get nothing for months, just nothing. And um, one day, 
I was, uh, I was actually at a conference. I was ministering in Oregon with a friend, and we were speaking at this conference. And my friend gets up, and he starts uh, ministering. He starts preaching, and he starts to read this verse. And as soon as he started to read this verse, with my eyes open in the natural, I saw a ball of light like the size of a grapefruit appear above his head for like one full second, like one Mississippi, in the natural. (laughs) Like appear above his head. And I'm on the front row, and as soon as this happens, I freak out. I'm like, oh my God. Like looking around, nobody else saw it. This ball of light like appeared above his head. And the Lord spoke to me. He was reading this verse. And a lot of you know this verse. It's Romans 12, 2. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, this is what I've been trying to get your attention on for all these months. Romans 12, 2, 1, 2, 2. And so you guys know that verse. A lot of you have heard that before. It says, you're transformed how? By the renewing of your mind. I want to propose to you that transformation happens by what you believe. This is how you're transformed. So you are transformed by what you believe. I want to propose to you that I'm going to throw out some things here. These are good things. But I'm just going to say it just to make a point. Fasting doesn't transform you. Reading the Bible doesn't only reading the Bible doesn't necessarily transform you, although it's awesome. Encountering the Lord doesn't necessarily transform you. It's when you believe what you read that you're transformed. It's what when you believe what God spoke to you in the encounter that you're transformed. It's by what you believe. This is how transformation happens. Um, And I want to propose to you that something significant happened when you were born again. Okay? Not just that you got your ticket to heaven, but actually, um, you know, I, I believe most of the body of Christ believes, you know, Jesus died for them, rose again, that now you get to go to heaven, you know, you're saved uh, from hell, from sin and death. But part of the gospel that I want to highlight today is actually what happened to you when you were born again. And so I'm just going to read some scripture here. Um, the Bible actually says that you became the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's 2 Corinthians 5.21. <clears throat> um, it said in, in 2 Corinthians 5.17 that you actually became a new creation. Colossians 1.22, here's another 1.22. As a result, it says in the New Living Translation, he has brought you into his own presence, and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. Did you know when you were born again, you were washed white as snow? 
The Bible says that he separated your sins as far as the east is from the west, that you were a new creation, you were born of God. What does that mean? It means that nothing's wrong with you anymore. It, mean, it means that nothing's wrong with you anymore. Colossians 1, 2, and 2, I just read it. You stand before God now that you're born again without a single fault. When the Father looks at you, he sees Jesus. His son paid a great price for you to be redeemed. Now, how are you transformed? By believing the truth. I love what Chris Valton says. He says, if you believe you're a sinner, you'll sin by faith. Because you're not a sinner anymore. You're redeemed. You're made whole. And you're actually called a saint. You're, you're a child of God. It's who you are. This is your identity. This is who you are. Isn't that powerful? Did you know, uh, did you know that if you have negative thoughts about yourself, like accusational thoughts about yourself, that you're actually partnering with the devil? Did you know the devil stands before God and he accuses the brethren day and night? And when you partner with something like that against yourself, you're actually partnering with the devil. Did you know all of God's thoughts about you are good? He, when he looks at you, he sees Jesus because you're washed white as snow, redeemed by him if you're born again. All right, that's some good stuff. We're going to, so I, I just wanted to lay that foundation. We're going to kind of turn it a little bit here. And I want to ask you, how many of you have ever felt fear, anxiety, or worry, or something like that? <laughs> so I'm not the only one. Well, I want to propose to you something. If you're a born-again believer, that when you feel fear, I'm just going to, and you could add on to that all of fear's cousins, you know, anxiety, worry, all of those. When you feel fear, it's not you. Okay? If you believe you are what you feel, you've already lost the battle. You've already lost the battle. And we have an entire generation that's starting to believe they are what they feel. And it's not the truth. <laughs> you are who God says you are. So 2 Timothy 1.7, it says this, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. So I just want to peel back the spiritual realm right here and just give you a little insight. That when you feel fear, nothing's wrong with you. Fear is a spirit. It says it right here. God has not given you a spirit of fear. So when you feel fear and all of fear's cousins, 
it's actually not something wrong with you. If you think, you, if you think it's something wrong with you, you've already lost the battle. You've already lost the battle, but that's not the truth. You're a new creation. You're born of God. You know, courageous people, uh, some people think, you know, courageous people don't feel fear, but it's not true. Courageous people feel fear, but they choose not to bow to it. And again, I feel like believers should be the most courageous people on the planet. We should be people that do not bow to fear. And uh, I uh, led a trip a long time ago to um, Oregon. It was another Oregon trip. I used to do lots of trips there. And I co-led a trip, actually, with about 30 BSSM students. We took and we did a revival tour in Oregon, and these students are like fire-breathing revivalists. Like, they're like praying for people everywhere we go, gas stations, people are getting saved, healed, like all this stuff is going on. And so we um, have our, a day off in Portland, and we go to Portland, and uh, I'm with this team, and it's a day off, and so we gather together in the morning, and I'm like, all right, guys, like, you know, uh, it's a, you know, go have fun, go to shops. We're going to meet back here at a certain time. And, you know, as you go, like, you know, pray for people, you know, see people saved, preach the gospel, um, you know, do what you guys do. And so we're like, all right, break. And so everyone goes out uh, to the different shops and different places and we gather back at a certain time. Uh, I don't know if you've been to Portland, but there's like a big square, like the main downtown area, lots of people walking by. Um, and I gather the group, this team of about 30 people, and I'm talking to them. I'm like, hey, guys, like, all right, like, what happened? Like, what, what happened? And I was expecting, like, tons of testimonies of, like, somebody's arm got healed and all this stuff. Like, you know, um, just God moving um, but when I asked them what happened, only a few of them out of this group of 30, and these are like fire-breathing revivalists, like they're like after it, going after it. Uh, only a couple of them um, said like, oh yeah, like I, I prayed for like one person, uh, and that was about it. And so I was like, oh, that's interesting, like, uh, you know, I, I didn't really think much of it, but I was like, oh, that's interesting that uh, more, you know, more people didn't get touched, um, but that's all good. Let's gather our hands together. We're in downtown Portland, lots of people walking by. Let's put our hands together. On, on three, we're going to yell, Jesus. And so we all put our hands in the middle, one, two, three, and we go, Jesus. And as soon as we did that, it felt super awkward. <laughs> like all these thoughts started to come, like, Oh, like what? I wonder what people think about me, or like we're not, we're being kind of weird, or like all this stuff, right? It felt super awkward. And if I was, you know, I, I, I talked to my team. I was like, okay, listen, did you guys feel that? You know, as soon as, as soon as it felt awkward, I was like, oh, did you guys feel that? And a lot of them are like, feel what? Like, we don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, it felt awkward, but that's, that's normal or whatever. And I'm like, no, it's not normal. Listen, did you feel that? And they're like, yeah, like we did feel that. And I said, you know what? There's a spirit of fear here trying to shut down the name of Jesus. 
and everyone's like, oh my gosh, like I didn't even realize it. Like, you know, they all went throughout their day and why didn't they pray for anyone? Because it felt like awkward. It felt like, it felt like weird. And that's, you know, that's how you know that there's something going on in the atmosphere because fear is a spirit, okay? And so I told them, what are we going to do about this? We're going to kick, kick fear in the face. Like, this is what we do. We're believers. We're courageous. Like, we don't bow to fear. Listen, we don't focus on the devil, but if he gets in our way, boom, you're getting a foot to the face. And you don't have to be the loudest person, the wildest person. You can be the most timid person. And so I was like, you know what? Like, Something's trying to shut down the name of Jesus. What's the opposite of that? We need to do the opposite. We need to kick fear in the face. We're going to come back here and we're going to open air preach tomorrow. And my whole team's like, uh, like so scared. So we come back to the next day. And we're like, we're not going to bow to fear. And so we come back and I'm like, all right, team, we're going to open air preach. Who's going first? <laughs> like everyone's so cool. Everyone's like, not me, not me. And this girl, the most timid girl on our team, goes, I want to do it. She's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for it. And so she gets up, and I help get everyone's attention, like walking by, attention, everybody. And I'm like, okay, it's all you. <laughs> like, <laughs> and she just starts going for it, just telling people, like, God loves you so much. And she's sharing her testimony. This timid girl just explodes, like, this girl just got a taste of what it feels like not to bow to fear, to kick fear in the face, to realize who she was in Christ, that she's a new creation, born of God. And she just goes for it. And then we just go into like radical praise. We had a guitar and God just crashed down. Something broke open in the spirit and this, this lady gets healed of fibromyalgia. She had pain all throughout her body and gives her life to Jesus. Yeah, come on. She gives her life to Jesus and we have her open her preaching, sharing her testimony with people, like, like letting people know, I just got healed. I just got healed. It was amazing. Um, but such a reminder of, you know, what you feel isn't always you. And we need to be a people of courage that also recognize, like, when fear is going bow to me, we're going, no, no way. We're going to do the opposite. We're going to kick fear in the face. So many believers regularly bow to fear and just give in. You know, those little nudges of, like, you know, God's like, oh, tell that person that Jesus loves them. And you're like, and then all of a sudden, it's, like, scary, right? Like, in that moment, we have to just be like, no. Like, I, God gave me, he spoke to me. He gave me, he gives me courage. Like, I'm not going to bow to fear. Even if I'm shaking when I'm talking to that person, I'm still going to do it. Fear is not going to dictate my life. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go after this thing. And we need to be a people that goes after it. All right. <laughs> Key number one, so I just want to reiterate this. You are not what you feel. You are not what you feel. 
Key number two, uh, I want to propose to you that fear isn't even real. <laughs> this is the best one. I had, uh, I had a season, um, <laughs> I had about an eight-month season when I was in school of ministry um, where I just felt, I just, everywhere I went, I, I just felt like, that kind of like locked up, like I wasn't free. Has anyone ever felt that? Like you're like, I, I just like don't feel free. And I'd wake up at night. I remember waking up at night, and I'd actually, like, feel like I was being, like, choked some nights. I'm like, what is going on? And I'm like, all right, you know, people have taught me. Uh, I just knew, like, a little bit of spiritual warfare. So I'm like, I know what to do. Say the blood of Jesus. Like, that'll do something. And I'm like, I'm like, waking up. I'm like, the blood of Jesus. <laughs> and, like, nothing would happen. I'm like, what is going on? And so for eight months, I'm like, I'm like, okay, God, what's going on? So one day, this is when I was in school, so, so I'm learning, right? I'm still growing. And one day, I was like, all right. I, I went and I just took a bath because I, I believe the devil is scared of water. So <laughs> I, I just like, God speaks to me, you know, in, in the shower. You know, the scripture, the scripture for it, the devil uh, or demons go to dry places, so I was I was taking a bath, <laughs> and I'm hiding from the devil, okay. And I'm like praying, like God, what's going on? Like, what is this thing that I'm feeling? And God speaks to me. He says, "What you're feeling is rooted in the fear of rejection." And I was like, all right. And, and then he speaks to me out of John 1.11. It says, he came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but born of God. And in this moment, God spoke to me out of this verse and I remember it was like he, he showed me that we're actually born, when we're born again, something significant happened. You're actually born into heaven's reality. No longer, you, no longer in this reality, but born of God, born into heaven. And he asked me this question, is there any rejection in heaven? No, God. There's only, per, you're only perfectly accepted in the beloved. That's the reality of heaven. And so in that moment, I realized I didn't even have to, I was, I was fighting this fear. I was battling it, right? But fear, the rejection, the fear, it wasn't even real. Because I'm actually born of God. And I'm only perfectly accepted and so this, this peace, like, came over me, and I realized I don't have to be afraid anymore. I don't have to battle it. I'm not fighting it. Have you guys, and I, I felt like, I don't know if you've seen The Matrix. I, I share this with a youth group. They're like, what's The Matrix? I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm getting old. <laughs> <clears throat> Scared. Okay. Uh, 
If you've seen The Matrix, all you old people. <laughs> There's a part where Neo realizes he's the one, right? He realizes he's born of God. Let's just say that. And as soon as he realizes it, this rest comes over him, right? And he just, like, destroys the enemy. He's just at rest. Like, the whole time he's fighting so much, right? We're just battling. And all of a sudden, he's at rest, and he just stops the bullets. He just destroys the enemy. And I felt like Neo in that moment. I was like, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> whoa. I'm born of God. And so I go into my room, and I'm sitting there. And all of a sudden, um, this doesn't happen all the time, but I, I know I shared a story earlier. This doesn't happen all the time. But I, with my eyes open, I saw, like, this eight-foot-tall, dark being walk into my room. And I felt that locked-up feeling, that, that fear, so strong, the strongest, you know, like, it was, like, super intense. But in my heart, I said, I don't have to be afraid anymore. And when I said that, something broke in the spirit, and this thing left my room, and my physical door actually closed at that same moment. <laughs> and I was set free of this, this thing, this fear of rejection. It broke off my life. I want to say that fear feels real. It, it feels real, but it's not. It's not because you're born of God. You're born again. You're redeemed. You're washed white as snow. And you're only perfectly accepted in the beloved. I want to I just go after this tonight. Um, you know, I just feel like we need to just be a people of courage. We need to be a people who knows how to kick fear in the face. And uh, if you came to spectate tonight, uh, you might want to just peace out right now. Just like get out of here. No, <laughs> no I, I want to give an opportunity. Um, do you know how you know if you're free? If at any moment you can just praise the Lord. Anywhere you are. If you're in the middle of Portland, if you're at your work, if you're with friends, that you can just give him praise. Just right there, Jesus, I love you so much. Out loud, it's just like if you can give him praise, that's how you know if you're free. That's how you know if you're, if you're free. You know, we're called, um, you know, in the middle of worship, at the peak of worship, when you're totally free and you're able to give him praise, that's, that's normal. That's how it normal should be. But when you go out to your workplace, I want to propose to you that maybe there's a spirit of fear there. Maybe there's different things trying to shut down the name of Jesus, but you don't have to bow to those things. You get to be free. You get to be free. You get to kick fear in the face because it's not even real. It may feel real. You may be shaking when you're talking to the person that God told you to talk to, but it's not real. You don't have to bow to it. You're, you're, you're a courageous people. And, uh, you know, we have a couple minutes here, so I'm going to jump into this real quick. Um, if it would scare you, 
if your heart races thinking about standing up on your chair by yourself right now and just giving Jesus the craziest praise, shouting Jesus as loud as you possibly can for, for 60 seconds, if that would freak you out, I want to give you an opportunity. <laughs> Wait. Can I get the band up here? Don't do it yet. Don't do it yet. And then we're going to all go after something. We're all going to go after this together. Um, you know, praise shifts atmospheres. Praise is powerful. Praise is your victory. This is a big deal. We should be able at any moment to give God radical praise. He is worthy. You know who wants to shut down praise is the devil. The devil wants your attention. This is why fear tries to get your attention. Because your attention is your worship. The attention of your heart is your worship. He wants it off of Jesus and on to fear. He wants it off of Jesus and on to worry and on to anxiety and all of these things. But we're not going to give it. We're not going to give it. We're going to give our praise, our attention to Jesus. We're going to plow through fear. All right. I don't want you guys to play yet. I'm going to give, we're going to give an opportunity. If that's you, if that would freak you out, if your heart races, if you feel afraid, you know, I want to say this. This is a moment of practice for your entire life. This isn't a one-time, I stood up on my chair that one time, I'm free, you know, I'm good. I'm good for the rest of my life. No, this is a daily choice to kick fear in the face and to follow Jesus. And so I want to give an opportunity. We're going to take probably, I'm going to give it 30 seconds. I want it to feel awkward, (laughs) as awkward as possible. But if that would freak you out, if that, would, if that is scary for you, I want to give you an opportunity. There's no pressure. But if you, want, if you just want to take an opportunity to kick fear in the face, I'm going to just give you that opportunity. So if that's you, and I want you to, if you stand on your chair or whatever, I want you to go crazy. 60 seconds of the craziest, loudest praise to Jesus that you could ever do. That's... Okay? All right. Go.
come on. Oh, man. You guys feel the atmosphere shift just right there? All right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do it all together. We're going to go after this all together. Again, just wild and crazy praise. But I want you to, to point it towards the city of Austin. I believe that we can shift the atmosphere over the city because we have authority. God gives his church authority in cities. And so I want to go after this all together. Uh, you don't have to stand in your chair if you don't want to, but we're going to just go after it. And then we're just going to jump into some worship uh, for a little bit, some praise. But let's just do this together. You guys ready? Let's, let's stand and get ready. Listen, listen, real, real, before we jump into this, I actually feel like, I feel like depression is going to break off people in this room. I feel like there's some of you that have had suicidal thoughts, that's going to break off, I'm telling you. There's some of you that you felt literally so much anxiety, and you're like, what is going on? That's going to break off right now. You guys ready? All right. Let's do this. One, two, three.
take a few more minutes and just worship him. I encourage you, set your eyes on Jesus. Set your eyes on Jesus. He is worthy. He is worthy. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.